Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin Show, episode 78. Coming at you from the Mere True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin, I'm host and producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me in person this week, Secretary Shauna. Secretary Shauna, how are you doing today? Good. What's going on? Not much. We're ready to do a podcast show like we usually do. And joining us by the Zoom room, Justin Dahl. Coach Justin Dahl, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Eric. Uh, getting football kicked off this week. Uh, we started passing camp on Thursday night. Hoping some of these storms kind of dissipate and miss us, and and we can k- kick that off with a a big bam right away. And uh, went to some boys summer league basketball Sunday night, and so yeah, it's been pretty busy. I disappointed my kids' baseball game got uh, canceled last night because of the big thunder boomers that rolled through town. But all in all. Things are good, Eric. Well, I was going to say, and, and the way things are looking, uh, I, he's probably going to have his game canceled tomorrow night too, huh? Well, let's keep your fingers crossed. I like watching him play ball. Um, the team is moving in a good direction. It's 10U baseball, so they're learning, and it's kind of fun watching those little tykes throw the ball around. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the most accurate thing that they can say about it. <laughs> yeah. I've umpired it's, for a lot uh, of those leagues and a lot of, lot of long time limit games in those leagues, Justin. Yeah, yeah. This it it, it it's kind of did, well. They switched leagues this year. We've got a new varsity baseball coach within our um, combined school district baseball team of Gillette Cern. So he has kind of switched our our youth baseball program to. Um, a kind of a different league to where we would play more uh, applicable uh, teams that match our conference as they get older. So um, the rules are a bit different, and I think they're adjusting well. well. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. So with that, we get into the episode itself. We got to talk about our partners, Monkey Knife Fight, Raise Energy. Uh, Justin, I know that, you know, as we're probably going to talk about some NASCAR today, we'll start with Raise Energy. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but they have been pretty heavily involved in NASCAR as of late. And they are about to announce their new permanent flavor with the announcement of their NASCAR race car uh, that they'll be racing in the upcoming weeks on the 7 car. On um, on the 7 car of Corey LaJoy? Yes, sir. I'm all for that. Yeah, I really like Corey LaJoy. Um, so cool. Way cool. So pay attention to raise energy and get 15% off any order with code root four R O O T number four on repsports.com. code root four and follow along with their NASCAR team on top of all their other great products. Also our friends at monkey knife fight, where if you feel so inclined in the weekly NASCAR contest, you could maybe choose to pick Corla joy to finish above a certain finishing point, earn so many fancy points and win some money on that too. So that's code ROOT4 for repsports.com, 50% off any order, and our partners over at Monkey Knife Fight. And while you're at it, over on Fanatics, they have NASCAR gear, and that is what we talk about, our sponsor for our what we had rooted for in the last week's segment. And with that, you know, if you want to go that route, you know, ROOT4, Corey LaJoy, get a Raise Energy Racing t-shirt from Fanatics. If you feel so inclined with your winnings from that Monkey Knife Fight, check it out. That's called a three-way promo, boys and girls. That away, Eric. 
Good job. I do what I can. So with that, Justin, yeah, why don't you lead us off with this? What did you root for in the last week? We we talked about it last week, Eric. This is pretty uh this is pretty big news. It's silently big news. Um but Alan Lazard signing his one-year tender contract. That's what I rooted for. There's no questions about it. There's no more drama about it. There's nothing. He's he's been he's, he's the consummate team player. He's the uh, a pro. Uh, I hope that the Packers end up really rewarding him for for all the dirty work that he does for the team and, and get him a, a three or four-year contract and. And pay him a, a, a decent sum of money, not nothing that's going to break the, the salary cap, but a decent sum of money. Uh, he's got a real shot to to win that number one spot and prove he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Um, so I, I would, that's what I rooted for. There's no drama on the team this year. There's, there's really uh, – Easy going. They're out paintballing. They're they're doing team building skills, and so I'm I'm excited about that, Eric. You know, I'm gonna dip into the Packers for my route four as well, and I did not attend. I really wish I would have, and I'm I I believe you said you did, but the charity softball game was over the weekend, was it not? It was. I did not go. It was, but it was a packed house from what I've seen. It was a packed house. The current players beat the legends. Uh, Brett Favre and Donald Driver headlining the Legends team, and A.J. Dillon, Quadzilla, holding it down for the current stars. As the current stars got the win over the Legends, so that's what I'm going to say I root for. Just another one of those kind of team building and kind of really good fan moments, too. Is that really shocking? Is that really shocking, though? You know, I'm going to say yes, for the reason being that the Legends team had Brett Favre and Donald Driver, two of the namesays of that event so why does it make it shock well you'd think that they would be the ones you know with the most free time to work on their softball skills you know what i mean oh my god (laughs) give me a break i'm just saying these other guys you know your your aj dylan they're they're focusing on the upcoming season i'm gonna give you the best baseball reference i know you're killing me smalls i'm just saying man they've got other stuff to work on out there and What's Brett Favre doing besides you know frauding other charities? He's he's out there you know getting some softball hacks and working on that slow pitch underhand pitch. Yeah, yeah. Probably got gap insurance on this one, so he doesn't get screwed over like he did last one. Hey, maybe, but tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Exactly, Sean. What did you root for this last week? <sighs> Nothing really sports related. Uh, summer. I'm a teacher. I am out of school. Uh, and summer. Summer, man. That's it. I say congratulations to all the <laughs> teachers for making it through the school year. Yeah, it was a rough one. That's for sure. But we did it, and here we are. And now we got some time to relax and recharge. So that was my route for. Kind of lame, but eh. I like it. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks. It's better than Eric's. Perfect. Well, that's <laughs> just mean. Anyway, so with the positives go the negatives, and that leads us to our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And Justin, why don't you lead us off on this one, too? Ooh, you know, Eric, I didn't really think long and hard about this. So I'm, I'm going to flip the script here on you. I'm going to do another root for 
instead of a noogie. There wasn't really anything terrible for me to to kind of pick on. So I don't know if you noticed this or not. I saw this in a tweet today, Eric. Every single NASCAR driver in uh, the cup garage uh, after Daniel Suarez won uh, drove past his car with a thumbs up and a congratulations to him. I thought that was really special. Daniel Suarez has been trying like hell over the last six, seven years to win a cup race, and he broke through and finally did it there at Sonoma uh, this past weekend for track house in the 99 car. So uh, I thought it was genuine, and, and, and you could tell that he's a well-liked individual amongst his peers. Uh, I think that means a lot, and, and that's a lot of good in a world that's seeing a lot of bad these days. So my my uh, my Tyler Hero Noogie root for is <laughs> for the Cup Garage guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin on this one, and I'm going to give myself a Noogie um, because of how this race played out. Now, it's no secret to our listeners and to anyone you know, that I'm talking with right now that occasionally I like to throw down a few bucks on a sporting event and – and, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm still ahead technically on my my legal wagering. <laughs> so with that in mind, you know, last weekend we were talking about the race, Justin. You and I were talking about our odds on favorites and who we were picking and whatnot. And I had said uh, Chase Elliott, and I believe you had said Kyle Busch. And when I was yes. getting our odds, I stumbled across the odds for Daniel Suarez because he was in the in the do not bet on section he was plus 2500 and to me because of how i bet i don't i don't go and gamble on favorites i go and try to find my favorite underdog of the day baloney (laughs) for my what i'm actually putting money on i like to put money the favorite i did for our pick but for when i'm putting (laughs) money down i'm trying to maximize my profit right you're a hack. So, as the weekend kind of goes through, I'm like, you know, <laughs> plus 2,500 on Daniel Suarez. He's probably he's kind of due for a good one. You know, he's been having some good cars lately and getting caught up in some some shit situations. I'm like, you know, I've got a feeling. And I said it to myself on Thursday when we recorded. I said it to myself on Friday. And then Saturday, I said it to myself, even Sunday morning, I was like, oh, maybe I'll take a drive over to to Oneida and, and put some, you know, just put five bucks down, you know, see what happens, right? And, you know, how our Sunday played out, we, you know, just doing, you know, kind of a lazy day, doing some stuff around the place. And uh, flipped the race on and on and off, watched, between that, watching the Brewer game, and just kind of, you know, was up north a little bit on Sunday, too. So just kind of, the day got away from me a little bit. Went to go check on, on the old social medias and my NASCAR app. Once you fucking know, Daniel Suarez got the win at plus 2,500, which my gut instinct told me to do, and that that's money that I'll never get back. He was so sad. Yeah, you so... Good. <laughs> I was, Follow so, your gut. So that, that one was on me, so I am going to give myself a noogie on that one. Sean, you got a noogie of the week? I, you know, I don't. Not really. Nothing really stuck out to me. Give it to Eric. Yeah. Give it to Eric. There you go. You get one for not doing that. 
not going out. So you get one for yourself and for me. All right. Yeah. Well, this you time. took you took money out of Shauna's pocket, Eric. Yeah. For you. You could have bought me something really lives. nice. You'd have bought me something really nice. Well. Ha! You suck, Eric. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I love this. This is when you title this one, make it the Bash Eric episode. There I probably go. won't, but but I you know, I'll concede that this is. Will you probably, take it under consideration at least? I'll I'll take it under consideration enough, I suppose. Okay. It won't make the cut, but no. we'll, we'll oh. see. And it's top two for sure. I live here now, so I can go in and change it at night. That away, Shauna. There it you is. You lay the hammer down. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Anyway, so that's our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week and our what we had rooted for, which brings us to personally, I think my favorite segment of the show that we've started doing is the What's Weird in Wisconsin segment, our WWW segment. And Shauna took the liberty of finding this one for us today. And it, we don't have a city, but this comes from. Our own local news here. We are Green Bay, WFRV Channel 5 in Green Bay, Justin. And the title of this one, Take a Load Off, Wisconsin Driver Has No Seats in Car and Was Pulled Over. And when I sent this to Eric, I said, if this isn't the most northern Wisconsin story, I don't know what is. So. Okay, but where was it? It just says north central Wisconsin. It doesn't give a city. Because it was it was pulled over by a state patrol officer, so they don't they don't have to go into specifics. Apparently, was it a, was it on the four lane? I I don't know. It, we do not have that information. But here's the story, Justin. So this again coming from WFRV. We are Green Bay, and uh, a Wisconsin state patrol trooper pulled over a pickup truck after the trooper noticed the vehicle was not equipped with seats. According to the Wisconsin State Patrol, the driver was seated in a camping chair and the vehicle was not equipped with any seats. And it's got some pictures on it. The area of the incident was in north central region of Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin State Patrol also mentioned the specific rule that requires seats. (laughs) Which apparently Wisconsin legislature section 305.27 for transportation Restraining devices and seats. All automobiles manufactured on or after January 1st, 1972, shall have safety belts installed at all designed seating positions, which meets the specifications of the safety belt company, which the vehicle was originally manufactured. All light trucks and motorhomes manufactured after January 1st, 1976. So also, you know, same thing. Um, and it just kind of goes on from there. But yeah. Dude had a camping chair as his driver's seat. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I bet you that's it's comfortable. Cool. It's got to be. You got your little cup holders on the side and everything, so. I don't hate the idea. I'm gonna. Just, that's all I'm gonna say on it. I, like, it's not safe. It's not legal. I'm just saying I don't hate the idea. If you bolt it to the floor, and you leave the seatbelt in. Is that legal then? I don't think so. But that's a good point. Like, at what point? What do you have to do to make it legal? That'd be kind of cool. You you would think that there's probably a metal framing standard to the seat to fit. It's got to be fastened probably to the frame. 
I have no idea. But, but like, how there. fun. That we would should, be like a cool, like, should... up north car. Like, driving to the lake, you know? Just Hell yeah. Hop in your camping chair. I'm going to or... get my camping chair truck. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I am, I'm a big fan of that. And yeah. like I said, as long as you can follow state legislation or whatever, let her rip. There you go. So weird. <clears throat> Just a very up north story. Uh, it's north of 29. Shauna's all whatever. I'm just saying it is. You don't know that. You don't know that. It says north central Wisconsin. That's like definition right. of north of 29, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> I think we do know I that. Hope, I hope when it comes out that it's south of 29. I'd laugh. That would be great. <laughs> that would be just great. But anyway, so here we are. And any other news stories that caught your eye over the week, Justin? Any other news stories that caught my There was one, but I can't. Not, it's not. I don't have it on the top of my head, Eric. Now you're going to make me look for things. Yeah, I was just seeing if you had anything readily available. I do not. It's not a news story, but I just saw one fly by the window. That white stuff. Flying all around Wisconsin. Allergy season, man. Ugh. Cotton. It's like snowing outside. See, that's what I said it was, and Eric's like, it's not cotton. It's not. Oh. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> whatever it is needs to stop. It's like snowing out almost, it looks like. It's a little too warm for that, Shauna. Yeah, it's. Ramsey would know. Hotter than the Dickens out. Where is Ramsey? Ramsey could not join it. You know, it's it's that time of the year where in the Bernatello factory, a lot of work to be done. They're doing expansion, so Ramsey's kind of heading that up. So he's he's on assignment. So, you know, unfortunately we had to sacrifice Ramsey. He's he did say that he does plan to be back uh, next week when I talk to him. Uh, so that is yeah, kind of he the, says that every week. He does kind of, but I I believe him. He said he's got a big announcement to talk about, or some he's got something big to talk about. So Ooh. I don't I don't know what that's going to entail yet. He said he wouldn't tell me tonight. He has to tell me next week. What an Easter egg! So I don't know if we'll discuss it on the podcast next week, <laughs> but, but there is some some big stuff happening potentially next week or after next week. Hmm. Interesting. So. That is what we call, in the industry, call a tease. Easter egg. Easter eggs where you're looking for something later. Oh. It's a hidden feature. Tease. Yep. <laughs> you'll you'll get it one day, Shauna. You're learning. I'm new to this whole thing, so. <laughs> yeah, you're getting there. I'm I'm proud of you. Thanks. So, Justin, <clears throat> uh, with that, you know, not really a. You know, I, I guess we can actually probably make this a really heavy Badger episode because there's a lot of Badger stuff that's happened. So before we get into that... There is. Before we get into that, we'll do a little What's Brewing here. And Brewers finally got back in the win column on Sunday. You know, we had talked on Thursday night about hoping to get right again in Washington and unfortunately just couldn't get it done until Sunday. Um, but... You know, again, just the injuries. Freddie Peralta officially moved to the 60-day IL today, uh, indicating that his recovery is going to probably be a little bit longer than what had hoped. Um, 
the Brewers go and make a claim with that new roster spot opening up for Chichi Gonzalez. Mm. Which I who the hell is that? I have no idea, but that is the the corresponding move they were able to make today. Chichi Gonzalez. Ooh. So just kind of a fun name to throw out there. So that's what's brewing there. Currently like, losing three nothing today. So you know, off to another great start here. Another Aaron Ashby shit show of a start. I Aaron Ashby. While while we're talking about or excuse me, not Aaron Ashby. Adrian Hauser. I should say Adrian Hauser is a starter. And Adrian Hauser pisses me off to no end. Ugh. As a Brewers pitcher, because you have such a, a you know the three headed monster. Even the really four head with Eric Lauer's emergence as of. About a year ago today, or around this time last year, where he's been actually the best statistical pitcher on the team, even over the Cy Young winning Corbin Burns. But with that in mind, you know, we're sitting here talking about um, Adrian Hauser, the kind of the fifth member, you know, fifth or sixth member of this pitching staff. And Justin, you know what the biggest problem with this guy is? No, I don't. What is it, Eric? He is maddeningly inconsistent. Like, every pitching staff has one of these guys where on any given night, he could probably throw a no-hitter, but on any given night, he could also give up eight runs or ten runs. You just don't know what you're going to get on any given night. He is just the definition of inconsistent, and it is so damn frustrating because he has such high levels of talent at times, and then he gave up three runs in the first inning tonight. I would ask you the question, Eric, what would you expect from your five slash six starter? So generally speaking, what more would you expect than maybe a 500 pitcher? If that guy, if that guy gets you 500, you're doing pretty damn well as a five slash six starter. So I'm going to agree with you in that sense. What I'm going to say though, is the part that makes it, hard to swallow in this specific case because i'm going to say it's 100 percent circumstantial right where is the talent is the talent that you see those flashes you know the i haven't seen something like this you remember like 15 years ago it seems like at this point but remember dave bush when he pitched for the brewers where he yeah. was so bad sometimes but if he got through like the second inning he could have the best game of the season for any uh, for the pitching staff, that was like Freddie early in his career. It was Freddie Peralta. So just kind of that same like, what are we gonna get tonight? Are we gonna get ten run Dave Bush? Are we gonna get you know one hitter David Bush? You know what what are we how gonna get? How long has he been a How long has he been a starter in the league? Adrian Hauser. Mm, yeah, Adrian Hauser. Adrian, Is that Adrian Hauser? Hauser. Yeah, that's who we're talking about right now. So Adrian Hauser, yeah, I believe, third year. I believe this is his third or fourth year now. He made his well. He, was, made, his he made his in debut 2015. in 2015, but it was like a one-off um, appearance, and then he has been on the team since 2018. But I believe he was a bullpen guy at that point. So when has he made more than ten starts? How long has he made more than ten? Let me get those numbers here for you, Justin. That's a pretty good indicator. Because if it's two years, I mean. So really, he so in 20, 2019 is when he started, or when 2019, because he came 
In 2018, he came had seven appearances all out of the bullpen. 2019, he had tw- 35 games and he started 18. And since then, he's been mostly a starter. Last year, he had two appearances that were not starts. And in 2020, he had one appearance that was not a start, but he had 11. Uh, in the shortened season, he had 12 appearances, 11 of which were starts in that season. So 2019 is where he started being so, a starter. So this is and what's his record? As a starter, he or as a career MLB, um, his service time here, he is twenty and twenty-five. What is it this year? Three and six this year thus far. Mm. ERA. Uh, the ERA. Uh, his career about three point seven six, and this That's year is three point nine two. So it, it, none of these are bad numbers per se. It's, uh... it's just. Infuriating. What do you got, Shauna? Uh, when you Google Adrian Hauser, one of the questions that come up, like people also ask, it says, "What Brewers pitcher threw up on the mound?" And he threw yep, up on the mound. He apparently. did. <laughs> he did. I think he did it multiple times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. One of the There's questions a is, "Why does story. Why does Adrian Hauser always puke?" <laughs> That's the best baseball story of the day, right there, Sean. You know what Thank the thing you. is, though. Like, so Thank you for making what's brewing interesting. <laughs> so Adrian Hauser, like that is a thing. Like that was a thing for a couple of appearances, I believe, in 2019. Yes, where he would puke on the mound and then just was unhittable after that. In that individual game, and like I said, I know it happened more than once. Yes, um, where he'd either come out of the bullpen or start the game and. Just kind of like, I don't know if you remember this or not, Justin, but when Zach Greinke, well, across his whole career, Zach Greinke has always been a better pitcher at his home ballpark than on the road because of his social anxiety. Well, maybe, you know, that's probably a real thing. Like, you wonder how many pitchers that happens to. Well, exactly. It just doesn't usually happen on the field like it did the Hauser multiple times. You know, usually you also you also have to wonder how good like his three point seven six career ERA as uh, what he's probably always been the number five pitcher. Yeah, thereabouts. That's pretty goddamn good over, you know, how many career starts now as a whole. Like I said, you're not going to complain about that a whole lot. Other than just how inconsistent it is. Well, if he's bad, he's bad. If he's good, he's good. I mean, so over, like I said, if he's if he's fifty fifty as a five starter, you're you're doing pretty goddamn good. What do you got, Shauna? Uh, uh, so the Bleacher Report said, "Oh wait, it went away." The Bleacher Report said that he vomited before he threw out a single pitch. The grounds crew claim or came and cleaned it up, and then he they watered the grass, but then he threw up again a mere two batters later, and they end the article saying no word on whether the incident was caused because of mom's spaghetti, and I think that's funny. <laughs> it's good stuff. Did we date Damn. ourselves? Does Justin get it? Probably not. No, I don't. <laughs> it's an Eminem song, Justin. <laughs> The Lose Yourself, you know, came out when you were like 30 years old, <laughs> back in 2002. No, that was that was that was my sophomore year, 2002. Of college? 
of high school, Eric. You were in high school in 2002? Hell yeah. Wow. And for the record, he had started 66 games. I was in second grade. 66 (laughs) games? 66 games starting. Wait, say it again. 66 games he's started. Okay. He has played in 95 career games. That's... That's not incredibly a lot. No, and that also does include, like I said, that includes a shortened season uh, due to the what COVID Matt season. Polly would say, "We should probably reach out to Matt Polly for, uh, or or yeah, to we, one of your one of your buddies that has better insight into the game than some idiot like me who hardly ever watches the game." You know, we haven't talked to Matt about Brewers in a while, so that, that's something we should definitely do here in the upcoming weeks, maybe towards the All-Star break, just, you know, kind of when he's got some free time because he's working every night. He's a working man. He's a working man. So yeah, we'll, we'll touch base with him and see if we can get, get a hold of him. So definitely something we should do. Um, with that, Justin, so just a little bit of Packer news and notes. So as you had referred to, um, Alan Lazard did sign his free agent tender. That's huge. Absolutely. And so he um, will be under contract for the season. Yeah, I believe it's like one year, 3.96. Uh, I don't know how a team out there who is wide receiver needy didn't gamble a second-round draft pick on this guy. Uh, he's easily, in my book, easily got to be a top-10 blocking wide receiver in the league. Um, he, he is that important to the Packers offense. Um, a second round pick for a guy that blocks that well um, is is an up and coming receiver who's played with the best. I mean, I just don't understand how he got away um, or how he didn't get away. And $3.96 million seems like a seal for this year. Uh, I, I really think this dude, you know, if they're paying. MVS $10 million. You're talking. If he goes off, Eric, and has 60, 65 to 70 receptions, and he's he's in the 900 yard mark, you're talking about a guy that's he's going to push 12 to $14 million a year in an asking price of free agency next year. So, and then that's not even counting the uh, the capability of blocking. Um, so I think he's just more valuable to the Packers offense than people ever really realize. Um, and so to, to get him back is, is and, and drama free is also a big thing. Um, to get him back drama free is, is um, really encouraging for what this season entails. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe we're still working on getting the Christian Watson deal done, which I, you know, I'm sure that there is a reason that this hasn't been done yet, but it really kind of makes sense to me. It because he's not—it's not like you're really negotiating on money, you know. It's you're kind of fixed in at where you are. So, money or years—it doesn't make. It's weird. What are you waiting for? Because you can only guarantee so much. Um, You know, there. Like you said, there's not really a whole lot you can you can do, but. I'm imagining it's how you, like, structure the money. Right. 
That very well could be. Whatever. And, you know, maybe it's just Whatever. a matter of... of it has signed. Right. But... Let's uh, get it done. One other note here. So they did a... There's been a ranking, um, kind of re-ranking these receiving prospects based on fit that was done by NFL, I believe by NFL.com. And in both situations, and I think we had talked about this a little bit last week, but there's something I want to kind of touch back on here, Justin, uh, was the fact that they did end up putting um, Christian Watson number two. It was Chris Olave, Christian Watson were consensus one and two. Yeah. Mm. We did talk about that. I I don't see how how you can't think that Chris Olave um, is going to be you know you're talking about offensive MVP. Just just in terms of prospects, I think they're just ranking that position, not necessarily in terms of oh. MVP, but but also you know rookie of the year too. I'm sure. Well, that I, that I don't agree with. I mean, there's a reason that he was drafted. He was drafted as the sixth wide receiver off the board. Not, but in terms of like, where they fit, you know, where the opportunities are, and with their fit in the team. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that either. Like, but I I don't even know how to argue it. I guess it's because the Packers really did need a. You you could have taken a, so. You could have taken any wide receiver. You could have taken uh, one of the two kids from Alabama. You could have taken um, Dotson from Washington. You could have taken Burks from Tennessee, right? You could have taken any of those guys, and they would have been number two because of how much the Packers needed a wide receiver to fit in their offense. Like, I, that does that argument is, or that whatever this is is just it's weird because any Packer wide receiver would have been number one or number two. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so just a couple other things to kind of touch base on here, Packer wise. Uh, Packers have officially not gotten the twenty twenty three NFL draft. Uh, I went to Kansas City, and then the official announcement per Matt Lafleur, which came eight hours ago. Um, was that training camp will officially begin July 27th in Green Bay, with rookies reporting in a couple days before that. Um, a couple of other news and notes from Matt LaFleur's media availability today uh, said that they anticipate David Bakhtiari being ready to go. Uh, the Packers officially claimed kicker Gay, I'm going to guess Burkick, off waivers from the Vikings to kind of fill in their... Their wider seat or their kicker number two for camp, their camp leg. And former Packers wide receiver Devin Funches is signing with the with the Detroit Lions as a tight end. Is a tight end. Correct. I would have loved to see him try out for tight end for the Packers. I I would have too. What a traitor. You know he really is, and and I really kind of wish that the Packers, because what I mean, like we've talked about before, they really don't have a true receiving tight end until Tunyon comes back. We really don't know when that will be. Well, I mean, is Tunyon Tunyon is he's your true possession type of guy? What we're talking about with Funches at the tight end position 
would be would be something like Jermichael Finley was. Like Tunyon is not going to break away from anybody, right? He's you know he looks like he runs about a five flat out there when he when he's running his routes or he gets in the open field and and you see a linebacker or or a, a, a DB kind of catch up to him. He, he looks like he's moving in slow motion. He's not exactly the most nimble and, and fastest guy on the field. Funches, on the other hand, or or a Jermichael Finley look alike, or maybe even a Jared Cook uh, in in that reality or that re- that realm, uh, for a better term, would be would kind of be what Funches would bring, and and I think that's. For Packer fans, I think that's exactly what uh, they've been pleading for over the last how many ever years. Jared since Cook left. In the yeah, Jared Cook left, and with Jared Cook, you only got it for one year. And how long ago, or how long was it before that? And you 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 think you thought you got that, and when you when you signed Jimmy Graham, but. You saw him fall off a cliff in, in ability and in the and being able to uh, stay healthy, and he just was not the same guy. Uh, Jared Cook has is uh, he has stood against time, and, and uh, he's done well for his career at the at the latter part and older age. Uh, but in reality, he wasn't as Drastic. He wasn't as fast or, or a breakaway player like Jermichael Finley. Devin Funches at the tight end position has that potential. Um, I forget how old he is, Eric. I I, I want to say 27, 28, something like that. So there's there's still time for him to find uh, footing at that position. He has just turned 28 as of last month. Yeah, so there's still time for him to to kind of reevaluate his career, reset himself, um, build some muscle, um, and get get in the trenches. And that's where he played at Michigan. A lot of people forget that he he came out of college as a tight end, and um, he was a tight end of the year in 2013. And made the switch, so. He's got the ability. It's just, I think that's a good career move by him, and I think it's a miss by the Packers. Well, let me let me rephrase that. I had to kind of clarify here. He was the Big Ten tight end of the year in 2013. Yeah, but really, He's you know, drafted. kind of looking at this list, there are some good company on this list here. Um, really, from 2012 on, especially when you look at, I mean, college players here. You had Jacob Pedersen from Wisconsin, who had an incredible career. You had Jake Butt from Michigan, Troy Fumagalli, TJ Hawkinson made that list. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's a, that's a good move by Detroit. I like that move. I do too for all, I, I do too for them. Um, you know, like I said, I just kinda wish it would pan out here. And it get that true kind of another option at receiver, because right now, like I said, in in I do agree with you that Tunyon's not quite that guy, but he's really the true closest thing to a receiving tight end that we have as of right now, um, or that Funches would have been without Tunyon um, being on the roster or you know with his injury status. Because after that, you have Martellus Bennett, 
or not Martellus Bennett. I was thinking of something oh. from earlier. You have um, Mercedes. Mercedes Lewis. I was gonna say the Martellus yeah. Bennett was a try, you know, kind of a, a try to be, you know, to make up for the gap left by Jared Cook. That's where I was going with that. That's why the name was on the head. But um, anyway, but you have Mercedes Lewis, who is good for one catch every four weeks, and that's just his role. You know, that's nothing against him. That's just what he does. And then, yeah, Josiah Deguara, who is your H back blocking uh, slash fullback. And then Dominique Daphne, he was kind of that same role too, kind of a hybrid between right. Deguara That's and exactly Mercedes where I was Lewis. Going. They have they have a plethora of the same kind of tight ends. Right. So. And I don't know what they're expecting out of Brian Davis. Uh, I know they're pretty high on him. Um, he does seem like he has some uh, ability to move and 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 scoot and run good routes so maybe he's their next guy but maybe I, I would say bring him bring him out bring bring in whoever you can and, and find the best guy yeah absolutely now I I, I kind of want to talk about this um, over you know the last week here so we did get confirmation um, just kind of the situation between Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers that um, the Packers did offer Devonte more money coming directly from Devonte, but he just the whole situation where he didn't want to gamble on the whole Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers career development. Um, that was something that got said last week. Yeah. Which whatever that that's his that's his right as an NFL player. He was a free agent coming up, so. I mean, he really surely should have been a free agent and ended up benefiting Green Bay in this route, too. Um, so I guess, you know, all's well that ends well in that sense. But he gets to play where he wants to with, you know, near his family and with his college buddy, Derek Carr. And Aaron gets to stay around, and they made things work here in I've, Green Bay. I have got to ask you, Eric, how over this whole topic are you? A, a pretty I, – I, I mean, I, this better – I think this is – got to be the end of it right until they play again and then it's a talking point well, for a week and then it's done it's like we keep rehashing this thing and we and we keep opening this wound up as if we didn't know any of these facts are right. yes Devante wanted to go to over to uh, las vegas he wanted to play for the raiders his boyhood team he didn't want to gamble on aaron Rodgers' future aaron Rodgers at most, is going to play three years, but more than likely one to two years. We keep doing this, and we keep going, oh, I'm just done with it. Like, we know the situation. We know what happened. We as Packer fans, we as 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 Raider haters, if you want to call it that, we don't care. We've moved on. Like, like it's like what we led the show off with or what I led the show off with. I'm so happy that they've re-signed Alan Lazar. That you know we're paying a guy that could be our number one wide receiver, twenty-five million dollars less this year. Eric, think like think. This is why the Packers are the Packers, and they do this consistently over the last thirty years. Be great because they make hard, good decisions 
like this. That's it. We made the decision. Devontae's made a decision. Aaron let the franchise know what his decision is. We've moved on. Move on. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know how how the media is out there, Justin. I guess we're not really doing any better because we're falling into it too. But we're a podcast; we react to things. Um, you know the whole story where it's not even a, it's not even a story, but uh, the fact that they were golfing together over the weekend just again it's more stupid fuel this stupid fire at this point. But yeah, the, what do you you expect these guys not to be friends anymore? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Shut up. He just got done playing golf with Tom Brady. And Patty and and, uh, Josh Allen. Like Tom Brady two years ago beat him to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, and they were talking shit to each other. Now they're playing golf. This is what they're men. Get over it. Absolutely. Um a couple other things here, Justin, just to touch. No, that's you're my, that's absolutely my range, right. Eric. I'm sorry. I, you're absolutely right. I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. You know, um, I did want to ask your thoughts on on Tyreek Hill saying that he thinks that Tua Tungavailoa is more accurate of a quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. He could be from ten to fifteen yards. That's very possible. That's one of the things, and even Ramsey would sit here and tell you that. That's one of the things that was his his biggest calling coming out of college from 10 to 15, you know, inside 20 yards, inside 15 yards. He was a very accurate quarterback. He lacks overall uh, superb arm strength. He's not very accurate on, uh, well, me, he's accurate, but I would say he's more accurate than, than uh, Patty Mahomes on deep balls. But in the same right, when you think Patty Mahomes, you don't think extreme accuracy. No, you really What's think the of first, you think of Brett Favre uh, 2.0, a gunslinger. You, yeah, a, a gunslinger, he's going to take chances. And the deep but ball. you think of a huge, huge arm, right? He's got to he, he throw the goddamn ball 75 yards in the air. He's got a cannon for an arm. That's the first thing you think of with Patty Mahomes. You don't think extreme accuracy. What's the first thing you think of with Tua, right? Well, he's pretty accurate in short yardage. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a very far-fetched statement. Another uh, fun NFL kind of talking point from that kind of came out today: uh, the Cleveland Browns' odds of winning the division have gone down or gone up. They're, there's more money to be made, but they're not expected to do as good now um, after this morning where the betting line changed from them being plus 200 to win the AFC North has moved to, I believe it's plus 275 or plus 300, uh, possibly anticipating some some Deshaun Watson news. Oh, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the redemption year of Baker Mayfield. In Cleveland or in Carolina? Oh, Carolina is not going to pick him up. See, that was another news story that came came out today with this, is that uh, they are allegedly pursuing a deal aggressively. 
With Carolina? Right. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that move, but how do you get off of the $20 million you're paying Darnold already? I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's, I mean, you're going to pay over $40 million for two subpar quarterbacks. That's just. So I'm, I'm going to ask and, you. And just... I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call Baker Mayfield subpar. All right. I wouldn't, you know, Ramsey would, I don't know. You're, you're, you're kind of flip floppy. Sometimes you're, you're, you're good with Baker. Sometimes you're not, which is fair, but I would say he's a top half quarterback. In my in my estimation, but if you're the Browns, how on God's green earth are you getting rid of Baker Mayfield when you know you you he's already under the cap, you you don't have a cap issue, and you have a big a huge question mark in Deshaun Watson right now. Why on earth would you be getting rid of Baker Mayfield? He may be a headache, but uh, unless you're gonna get Sam Darnold back. And that's a big question. I don't understand what Cleveland is thinking. Like, if Baker Mayfield has the option to play or not play, Baker Mayfield's going to play because he's got to make himself money. He's got a job to go get after this year. So, to me, this makes no sense. And you're going to get compensation. So, I'm going to ask you, right? If you use the free agents. We're just wrapping up. Uh, mandatory minicamp for a lot of teams out there. So I'm going to ask you, as we kind of head towards the season, obviously we'll we'll reevaluate this. Baker Mayfield will or will not be on the Cleveland Browns in week one of the NFL season 2022? Will not, because it's the Browns. They'll make a mistake. And, and I, I think for the Browns, what they should do is they should they should offer Baker Mayfield to Seattle, they should offer Baker Mayfield to Seattle, and they should take um, a third-round pick in Drew Locke and just be happy. You think they're not going to roll with Jacoby Brissett? Well, you still need a backup. Joshua Dobbs, man. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. No, I I agree. I, I am... I think the Browns have gone officially back to the 0-16 type Browns where they have totally mismanaged this offseason in terms of every possible thing that they could do wrong with your franchise quarterback where, you know, like you said, I do flip-flop on him a lot, Justin. I I think he's a very talented quarterback. I I am a big fan of his. However... I do think that there are some, you know, there are some degree of limitations. And to that extent, you know, I think we've really kind of seen and I I think it's really unfair to kind of judge him off of last year when he's playing through injury and, you know, the whole thing around him is burning down as he's playing with one, like really one good shoulder. But that's such an important it's not his throwing shoulder, which makes it very easy to dismiss that injury. But it's still a very important part of your throwing mechanics. Yeah, you know, this is what, and this is what nobody's talking about. Like, is he that bad of a teammate? Um, no, you didn't see that team quit. 
I, I don't think I, you even seen one pundit talk about how that team quit on anybody, uh, on Baker, on the team. They were fighting all the way to the end, right? So I, I don't understand why he's getting – because he's outspoken, because he's doing Hulu Live uh, commercials. He's on progressive commercials. Like, like I don't I, – I just don't get it. I don't get the bad notion – of what what people hate about yeah i mean by no and th- again this is playing basically the whole season with a bad shoulder that you can't even open up and throw he threw 17 touchdowns 13 interceptions 3010 yards by yeah. no means is that a, i mean that's not a great year it's far from a great year but by no means is that a bad year but, but with half a body yeah like exactly it's it's mind-numbing. And then you go and do this. Instead of offering offering him, you go and make a guy who's a rapist. Allegedly. You, you go, Allegedly. You go and uh, 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 <laughs> offer an alleged rapist uh, the biggest freaking contract in football history per year. Like, what? You cannot F up. Uh, a whole, the greatest position in, in our sport it, or in football. You can't screw that up more than what they did this year. And, and it's mind-numbing because every in every other position, too. yeah, in every other position on the roster, they're doing very well, Eric, very well. Yeah. They're, they're, they have improved their team. Their coaching staff has improved. The ownership has improved. The general manager has improved. Like every other, like it just seems like you did not do your homework. He is now facing sixty-six instances, Eric. Mm-hmm. Let's like cut ties with the guy. Move on. Give Baker a, a contract. Mend the fences. Do whatever you can. Do you Make think the they fans can be, happy? Do you really think that they can be mended at this point, though? I don't think yeah, that there's no. any way that they can. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Did you? This is this is Aaron Rodgers, right? Money talks. I suppose. Pay him thirty-five, forty million dollars. That way, you know, give him a three-year contract, pay him thirty-five, forty million dollars, and if you screw up, you're only done for three years. Yeah, absolutely. Ah. Like, uh, and make it all guaranteed. Give them the Kirk Cousins contract. I don't. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective too. I, I, I don't. He ain't gonna turn it down. If you, if you flash ninety-five million dollars, a hundred million dollars in his face, he ain't gonna say no. I guess not. You'd be a fool. You'd be a fool, right? Like, it, for all intent purposes, he doesn't seem like a big fool. Just seems like he might be a bit of a pain in the ass, and thinks that his head may be a little bigger or his opinion may be a little more wanted than it is. And yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Now you're going to be stuck. Now you're going to be screwed. They're screwed. They're going to end up playing Joshua Dobbs and Jacoby Brissett. All right. Anyway, just to bring. Well, almost signed with the Badgers, by the way. Really. Yeah. Came out of Dwyer High School in Florida. 
it was down to Wisconsin and Florida. He ended up going to Florida, that son of a bitch. Hmm. Well, let's just bring this back in here to the Packers. So a couple of other things I just want to run back here with you, Justin, with the Packers. Uh, first, you know, last week we had talked about Christian Watson's Rookie of the Year odds for the offensive side of the ball. So now uh, the same source, t- uh, t- Typico Sportsbook, um, has named Quay Walker as the fourth best odds to win NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think that's a fair assessment. He is tied at fourth at plus 750 with Ravens safety Kyle Hamilton and trails only Aiden Hutchinson at plus 500, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at plus 550, and Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Trayvon Walker at plus 700. Well, I say I say that's a a fair assessment because he's easily going to be the top tack. Him and Hamilton will easily be the top tacklers, right? Like they'll. I mean, that's, he's a linebacker. That's what he's supposed to do. And if he could top that with like, let's say, two or three interceptions with, you know, maybe or two. five or six sacks and in a fumble or two, that's pretty goddamn good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hamilton, that Hamilton dude, he's he's gonna be the real deal. He'll probably get seven or eight interceptions. Yeah, I I was drooling over his tape. I am so pissed that he ended up going to Baltimore, and there's nothing that the Packers could have done. But that is a that is a tough pill to swallow. That he was so close to falling to us. That would have been such a great fit in this defense. It, it, it just quite makes you drool. Right. I think we're quite all right. You know, safety, yes, that dude is the... How he fell is the bigger question, Eric. That dude is the real deal. He's going to be a good one, for sure. There's That's one of those guys that's a no-doubter. Oh, absolutely. So one more thing just to kind of run through here, Justin. Now that minicamp has ended for the Packers... I just want to kind of break down a a depth chart prediction coming from uh, fansided.com and dearlandexpress.com. Just one that I was able to find here and kind of run through this here with you. So let's let's do that here. So this is a... Okay, let, let, first, are there any surprises, there? I have not looked through it. I'm looking through this as we speak. Okay. And this is not necessarily a prediction. This is just where... It's a prediction of where things stand today. So this is as... This is not counting, you know, where the roster will be at the start of the season. Maybe I can find one of those. Give me one second here, Justin. Let's. But uh, initially, here the one that I had found is just a prediction of where things are right now ahead of the start, or kind of going into training camp with where the roster is right now. Or do you, would you rather do that one or a post mini camp fifty three man prediction? No, I want to do I want to do the post mini camp one. Well, they're both post mini camp, but are we doing the roster as a whole right now, prior to cuts, or do we want to do the fifty three man cut version? Cut version. All right. So this is also coming from fan side. This one coming from LombardiAv.com, as opposed to uh, Dairyland Express. So. Uh, with that, uh, 
quarterbacks. Obviously, I think we're going to go one and two. Rodgers love. Nothing really too surprising there. No, nothing. Uh, Not even worth talking about. And then Kurt Bankert probably, you know, you're hoping you stash him on the practice squad or, you know, you find another practice squad guy if you can't. Uh, So running backs, it has the Packers keeping technically, I'm going to say technically four, uh, but really for three, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor with Kylan Hill on the pup list. Yeah, that's one of those things that I kind of figured, and I kind of figured that we're going to hear that again uh, coming at the tight end position. So the only, you know, we kind of, you have a little bit of a discussion at that third spot between Patrick Taylor versus Tyler Goodson, the undrafted guy. Out of Iowa, yeah. Right. Do you think it falls that way, that that's kind of the way that they go and see if you can stash Tyler Goodson later? Well, I know they're really high on Patrick Taylor. They loved him um, uh, enough to be stashing him away on on uh, the pack practice squad last couple of years and, and gave him a shot. So, uh, you know, I know they're really high on him, high enough. But Goodson might be the guy. Like he he was he was really good at Iowa. I loved and a running back in the Big Ten spells good for for uh, the NFL likes, you know? So I think that would be a great battle going through. Um, I think it probably will come down to special teams who performs better on special teams. That's exactly what I was just going to say. You nailed that right out of my mouth here. So at receiver, it has officially predicting six. Okay. So we, we know pretty much Lazard. Yep. Uh, Watkins, yep. Watson, Dubs, Rogers. Um, well, how many did I named there? For, that's and five. Cobb. Yep, so that's there, six. There's, there's your five. That's six. That's the six. Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, or yeah, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Watson, Dubs, and Rogers. Oh, that's a that's a bit of a surprise. So, so oh, they're not keeping any of their core special teams guys. Not keeping Malik Taylor, not keeping Juwan Winfrey, and also letting Samari Tori walk too, or cutting him after the draft. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. That that that's that's one right now. Print that sheet off and put a question mark right there, Eric. That's the biggest one. Absolutely. So then we go to tight ends and offensive line. Uh, this is to assume, or from this one, they, they have four, and they do put Tunyon on the start of the regular season on uh, the main roster. Ah. So we go Tunyon, Lewis, DeGuara, and Tyler Davis. That's what. Right there, Eric, there's your answer. That's why they have six wide receivers. And then this has the That's caveat the with it where if Tunyon has to begin the season on the pup list, Dominic Daphne would make the 53, and then you'd keep... Lewis, DeGuara, Davis, Daphne. Oof. Oh. There's the other question mark. Uh, this one also has nine offensive linemen to start. Uh, going Bakhtiari. And this is just going from left to right. So we go Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Nijman. Uh, Sean Ryan, and as then the backups here, Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, Cole Van Lannan, and then uh, Elton Jenkins on the pup list. 
Really, Elton Jenkins on the pop list, huh? I thought he was doing well. I was also under that impression. I know that he was working with Rehab Group last week. He was not on the main uh, the main roster at that point or practicing with the main group, but... Hmm. So that is... Interesting. That is this prediction here. Uh, we move on to... So, okay. have you heard any rumblings outside of John Dietzen? At or this... not Dietzen, uh, Cole Van Lannen? No, it's been pretty quiet. Because he was running with the ones. Was he? Yeah. Mini camp. So, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of dudes that are not out, there but... rehabbing. So this is also pointing that Sean Ryan and Zach Tom could win starting jobs um, at their respective positions as they've made a lot of noise in mini camp as well. Hmm. So from off, I really love the Zach Tom pick. That one, that one I love. Offensive line, they have them keeping five: Clark, Lowry, Reed, Wyatt, Slayton. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those five at this point. I think all five of those play regularly too. Oh yeah, that's a great rotation right there. Can't argue that. Who would be a cut? I I don't think any of them to be honest with you. No, I mean who. Like, I can't think of who they didn't draft anybody. Oh, they drafted a kid out of Miami, didn't they? Yes, you're right on that. He's a big monster, like six, six five, three thirty five, or something like that. Then at edge, they have five: Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, uh, Kingsley Ngabari, Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey. Hmm. I don't think that I don't. I can't think of any question marks right there either. Can you? No, Randy Ramsey is the one that kind of just kind of catches me. Where if they, you know, if they wanted to keep maybe six defensive line and make that cut there, maybe you roll with Garvin and Engabare and kind of just cut Ramsey. I don't know if that's necessarily the decision I would make, but I think it's kind of one of those bubble guys. Yeah. Inside Again, special team score. Inside linebacker, they have six. Uh, Devon, six. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Chris Barnes, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie, and Tariq Carpenter. So here's where your special teams really comes in big. Yeah, right there. Yeah. And the back end of your last three, really. I was going to say it's Summers, McDuffie, and Carpenter. And you can really make the case for Carpenter to, you know, again, if you can play that hybrid kind of role, kind of see where they go with it. That's interesting. really is. I'm surprised at Summers. I'm more surprised with McDuffie than Summers because Summers has been such a mainstay on special teams. Over the last few years, although the Packers special teams unit has been dog shit too, so what does that or, say about yeah. that? You know, what are you, what are you gonna, you know? Yeah. Yes, he's gotten the snaps, but is it is it really worth it? I guess we'll see. Mm. Um, cornerbacks, they go six as well. Uh, Alexander Stokes, Douglas, Gene Ch- or Shamar, Gene Charles, Kayshawn Nixon, and KB and Ento. Yeah, those last two are core special teamer guys too. 
I really the last three. Margin Charles got a lot on special teams too. Yeah. And you gotta hope he steps yeah. up. Uh this this does show um that they are expecting some sort of veteran to be brought in yet at that role or in that position group. At cornerback? At cornerback because of the depth. Because after after three, your depth takes a considerable drop down. Yeah, it does, but hmm. And then four safeties. Hey, I'll tell you what. They, it might be a position where they trade one of one or two of those wide receivers for that. Yeah, very well could be. Four safeties: Amos Savage, Sean Davis, and Vernon Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Your top two are really good. Your your back two are. Yeah. I could see them bringing in a, a bat for that too. And then three specialists. Maybe a guy that could flip-flop. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, maybe hope that Tariq Carpenter can get some snaps there, too. Yeah, that's a good point. And then three specialists, Mason Crosby, Pat O'Donnell, and long snapper Jack Coco. Sounds like a terrible group. <laughs> a little harsh, Which but I don't been. hate it. It has been, so... Bring, no, are you against it? Bring McAfee out of out of retirement. Let's bring Chris Jackie out of retirement for Christ's <laughs> sakes. For as bad as they've been. Can't find a guy that can kick the goddamn ball. Well, how hard is that? I missed him mass there. Oh. That's my Just random pack of the episode. Demo. That's my random packer, Tim Maste. Yeah, out of Arkansas. Yes, sir. See? Don't try to fool me ever. I never Anyways. tried to fool you. We were we've been pretty straight line conversation here, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's just I don't even know how you're not bringing in serious competition for Mason Crosby. I got nothing for you, buddy. I I really like, have to agree as a whole. Jesus. Anyways, we're killing ourselves. And then with that, you go. Um, I mean, that's really all we got for Packer. I mean, that's that's a lot more Packer news and notes than I thought we had. But way more. Pretty good stuff, you know. Just a good kind of conver- a conversation. Goddamn here. good segment there. I'd have to agree. So. So to recap, you had a couple. You had a couple uh, question marks there, right? You had six inside linebackers. You only had six cornerbacks, and you had six wide receivers with four tight ends. Yeah. So those are your those are your question mark areas, right? Wouldn't you say, Eric? I would have to agree with that because really, you know, you're looking at a receiver, especially that receiver group. And we had talked about this last week, and we're going to continue talking about this until the day of cuts. But, I mean, you really have seven, almost eight guys that could make that team in that position group alone. I mean, you like you said, yeah. you figure your locks are Lazard, Watkins, Watson, Dubs, Cobb, and, you know, depending on how you feel about Amari Rogers in year two, you think you have too much capital invested, but... But, you know, depending on how you feel about like a Malik Taylor or Jawan Winfrey on special teams instead of having Amari Rogers in the slot. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and you, and really you just got Cobb taking up a roster spot. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It's a proven position player at that position too. I mean, no offense to Danny Davis or Chris Blair, but I mean, it's really between who makes those last, you know, two spots or extra spots here between Dubs, well not oh. Dubs, but Taylor Winfrey uh and Tori and again, depending on how you feel about Amari Rogers. You almost got to ask yourself, Eric, though, if they're not going to make the main roster three or four years into their stints in Green Bay, you've got to do one or two things. Cut bait and start fresh, right? Because you've invested so much time into them now that if they ain't going to get it, they ain't going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, if they ain't going to make the roster spot, they ain't going to make the roster spot. You've already invested into uh, the draft, drafting three wide receivers. If if Winfrey and, and, and Taylor ain't going to get it, it's either time to cut bait um, by releasing these dudes and, and moving on with and, and stashing guys like Danny Davis and uh, Samare Toure, if you can. Um uh, on the practice squad and starting fresh there. Or you need to trade these guys. Maybe it's a two for one, you know, give me a vet. Give me, you know, there's gotta be a lot of guys out there uh, at the cornerback safety position um, that, that need to uh, find a new home or going to get caught or, or, or released come cut time. So, there are a lot of questions in that area yet. Well, and you know, friend. one thing you had said, I don't necessarily know if it's a that they don't get it. I just think there's so many better options out there. More talented, bigger, faster, stronger, you know, whatever. So it's not that they don't get it. I th- you know, I think they're both, you know, when Juwan Winfrey's kind of been the media darling the last couple of years now. Yeah. And you the know, preseason dude. Preseason guy. Exactly. It's just that there's better, you know, you go draft a a Samar, you know, you go draft a Christian Watson, you go draft a Romeo Dubs, and even to a lesser extent um, to Samari Torre. So it's not necessarily that, you know, that this other guy doesn't get it. It's just he's not as good as the talent coming out. So all, all in all, Justin, I mean, I really, that's kind of the extent of the Packers and We'll see how that ends up playing out. You know, there obviously a lot of you know we got the preseason coming up, but we still got training camp. Uh, see how that plays out there. So it's the best part. It's the best part of the summer, Eric, is to see who surprises, who comes out, uh, uh, and, and turns some heads and 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 uh, opens some eyes, and it could really push for a roster spot. It's the best part. I, I think we said that last week also. So. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, just a couple other uh, newsworthy things here. Uh, one other announcement I wanted to make here uh, before we... Actually, I'm, let me just see if it's been announced. i got to double-check to make sure this has been announced before I, I make the announcement here. One second. Um, but do you want to give a quick shout-out to our guy, Ramsey? Uh, although he could not be here with us this evening... 
uh, on the episode tonight. Uh, he just had a birthday yesterday, so happy belated birthday to Ramsey on for the episode purposes. Yeah, Ram Jam, turning we, uh, 27. We had been with him last night to get dinner. Uh, we went to Texas Roadhouse. He rode the saddle. It was crazy. Like a champ. I did see that video. It was wicked. The lady was so loud. She, like, scared, like, the whole restaurant. Hell, yeah. That's how they do it there. That's why I never go there. <laughs> yeah, Justin. Justin's hearing aids go out. Mm. I, oh, really? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, another piece of news that I, I can announce. So, as mentioned last week, Justin... Um, that the Root for Wisconsin show is sponsoring part of the RPW events on August 27th. Uh, we had initially announced awesome. the match that was announced that w- that we were individually sponsoring. However, Justin, we have a new announcement with this, and oh! there is a new element to this, and I am so excited to announce this that the match that we are sponsoring is now a championship match for a debut title. Woo! A debut title? It'll be what a What is the name of the title? It'll be the RPW Cruiserweight Champion. And what? it is now instead of being a triple threat match, it is a fatal four-way match. Whoa. So now oh. It'll be an elimination match. To determine the first ever RPW Cruiserweight Championship. And it'll feature Brick McCarthy, awesome. Johnny CK, Damian Chambers, and Green Bay's own TW3 at the Watering Hole, August 27th. Brought to you by the Root for Wisconsin podcast. That's huge. Oh, we got to be rooting for our homeboy, TW3. That's where I'm rooting for, too. So, added to the match was Johnny CK and they are making a, a brand new title. Whoa. Ooh. So as the event gets closer, we will talk with uh Rage and Pro Wrestling. I'm not sure who we'll talk to from Rage and Pro Wrestling, but as that gets closer we'll have more on that. That's awesome. I'm super excited for that. And like I said, a brand new title. Thirteen front row seats are still available. Ramsey and I for sure will be there. Uh, Shauna may or may not be there. We haven't figured out the details yet. Justin, are you going to be there? I'm August 27th. I have to look it up on my football schedule, see what the hell's going on with with football life. But I'm hoping to. I really am hoping to. Because we may have an extra ticket. If We have three tickets that we have gotten as part of being sponsors of this event. Shauna is unsure if she'll uh, be able to go. If she's unable to. Well, I will let you know ASAP. And the Root for Wisconsin boys will be there with the RPW Cruiserweight Championship. Do you – hey, I got a question. This is one question. Do we get to give the belt to the new champion? I sure hope so. I, I have to work on logistics of that, but I, I hope so. That'd be cool. And hold the belt? Like, so – Hold the belt throughout the whole match. I hope so. I I really I really hope so. With the root for Wisconsin boys. That's so cool. we get on camera. I think we get pictures. Let me let me talk to my people over there and we'll see how we can work this out. But I think we have a possibility I like that. Of that. Idea. Oh, that's good stuff. So, anyway, so that's Hell a little yeah. news there. 
with that comes our badger report and we're going to take a little bit of a different route to this where mm. you know in the spirit of football and summer we're going to do a special saturday morning episode of a badger report to get caught up on the whole world of badger sports because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of the badger so we'll do a quick kind of summary of some of the bigger kind of more pressing news and then we will get to the badger or a full episode badger report coming up on saturday morning yeah i'm really super excited about that eric some of the news you're going to announce here uh real quick is is some bigger news um just just some stuff that we'll end up touching up on on saturday but the stuff we're really going to talk about saturday is is how the football team is improving how um how the recruiting world is going um they have hit some big big uh targets uh going forward uh, they have another big recruiting weekend that uh i'm hoping to cover this weekend uh on our special episode so i'm super pumped eric i'm super goddamn pumped about our our, our special badger episode it should be a blast so with that justin let's talk about the news that we are going to talk about in this episode first badger legend and former assistant coach the reason i say former assistant coach because he's now associate head coach joe krabenhoff getting the promotion yeah high socks krabenhoff is making associate head coach that's huge news man huge news he's uh they went through stats i think he's as an assistant coach with wisconsin uh, two out of the last three years, they've won the Big Ten championship over six years. Two out of the last three years, he's won the Big Ten championship. He's 84 and 56 in the Big Ten as an assistant coach, Derek. That's big. That's huge. Now, the Badgers do have a lot of question marks right now after the loss of All-American Player of the Year. You name it, superlative, he's got it. NBA draft lottery pick. Johnny Davis, they have some big shoes to fill. But yes, huge. They've got some people coming, Eric. They've got some people coming. They've got a new, you know, they've got that associate head coach under lock now with Kravenhoff and kind of giving him that promotion and really kind of keeping him around so that you know he can't get sniped up by another team. Kind of really, kind of the role that Greg Gard had under Bo Ryan. Yes, that that is a a perfect example. He's been with the staff now. Uh, he he started his career as a, uh, a video guy for Bull Ryan for two or three years, and he went off to uh, South Dakota State, and then turned around uh, after three years there. He turned around, and now he's uh, entering his seventh year as a Badgers full time assistant. I can't believe he's been on this coaching staff for seven years now. That's insane. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. But so that's Coach Krabenhoff. And with that, there is a going to be a place to watch the Badger basketball team play in a very big, newly announced event. Justin, why don't you lead us off with that? It's super huge. Like, uh, this is one of the big, big uh, recruiting tools that that's used in in the game of football uh, has slowly moved into the game of basketball. Uh, a few years back, you saw 
uh, I believe it was Michigan State and Duke that played on a Navy warship or That's a right. Navy aircraft air, airliner ship or whatever. Um, the Badgers now are going to open up at Ampam Field in in Milwaukee, where the Brewers play. They're going to open it up. They're going to play there. They're going to pack the house. There's going to be like five million people in the place. Uh, there's going to be six five-star recruits that are all going to sign with the Badgers. It's going to be a great night, Eric. Okay, so what's actually going to happen? Uh, they're probably going to fill the place. Uh, I don't. I have to look, and you might have to tune in for Saturday if they've named a if they've named an opponent yet. But they they'll fill the place. Uh, one thing one thing you can count on uh, in the state of Wisconsin, Eric, is when you do something special like this. When you have the Badgers play up at Lambeau Field, when you have the Badgers play at Soldier Field. Uh, Wisconsin fans are going to pack the place, and and uh, I, I I'm fairly confident that they're going to pack the place at Ampam Field. Yep, the Aurora Healthcare Brew City Battle on Friday, November 11th, and both the men and women's teams will be taking part. Uh, they do have opponents announced. I don't know if you had seen this or not, Justin. Did not, but don't wreck it. That's for Saturday. All right, we'll keep that for Saturday. But they do have Tune opponents in. announced. Tune in. So with Saturday. that, uh, did you want to start on the recruiting process here or do you just want to wait till Saturday? We're going to wait. We're going to wait, big man. We're going to wait. All right. I love it. I Tune love in. It. Tune in. So with that, all we really have a couple just kind of finishing notes here. Really nothing in the world of the Bucks going on this week. Uh, they did promote... Uh, coach from within after the loss of Darvin Ham. They did. I didn't see that, Eric. I I have to look up. Um, it was very under the radar of a, of news, but they did make that move um, within their own coaching staff. So with that, just Justin, I did, I did want to touch on something. One part, kind of piece here. This is kind of not necessarily going back to our Nuggie conversation, but kind of giving us each a half of a Nuggie as well. Because we did not anticipate this contestant of a finals. No, not at all. I, I kind of feel like uh, Golden State's toying with them. See, I, you would think so, and I, I'm led to kind of believe you. But at the same time, that Boston defense has really been a lot better and a more stringent matchup than we thought. Would be for Golden State. I'm not State. even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie to you, buddy. I haven't watched a lick of it. Not one lick of uh, the finals. Couldn't tell you what's happening. You know, so, someone said that the Warriors were getting all the calls the other day. I, I did not watch I Did not watch last night's contest. I did watch, I believe I watched part of Friday's. I can't remember what I was doing. I was out somewhere, but I did watch part of Friday's game. And, and I wasn't overly, you know, swung one way or the other. I didn't, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. the case, but I still go back and I do agree with you that this has been a tough playoffs to watch, and I, I, I really don't know if that's just a an effect that the the Bucks won it last year and you know we're an early exit this year, the Lakers weren't in it, so I really had no rooting interest after that, or if it's just been that bad of a postseason. Uh, it's just too far spread out. I don't know how you could keep. 
keep your mind contained to basketball and what the hell's going on out there. I, I yeah, aim for me. One other, and actually, I'll wrap up the episode with this, Justin. We kind of wrap up the episode up with what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. And on one aspect, I say I, I kind of want them to lose. But so hear me out here. The Stanley Cup Finals will be beginning tomorrow night, or at, as of recording time tonight, or at release time tonight. With that in mind, the Tampa Bay Lightning are making their third straight appearance. In the Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm not sure if you know this or not, Justin, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are coached by John Cooper, former Green Bay Gamblers head man. Yeah. So, in one aspect, I'm rooting for the guy. It's been amazing to watch them these last, really, three years as they go for their third consecutive Stanley Cup. But on the other hand, I kind of want to see something give here, and I kind of, I'm kind of pulling for the light, or for the Colorado Avalanche a little bit too. Just to I've always been an Avalanche fan, Eric. I always have. Have you really? I always have. But I've always liked I've always liked Tampa Bay too. So I don't I don't I mean, let's be real. I haven't watched I couldn't tell you any of any player in this Stanley Cup series. Uh the but, name I'm gonna give you if you if you end up tuning into a couple games here, Justin, I'm gonna give you Austin Matthews from the Lightning. Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is potentially speaking on the same level when it comes to scoring as Alex Ovechkin, who is my favorite hockey player of all time. Okay. Austin Matthews. So that's the guy I'm going to root for? That's a good guy to root for. He is 24 years old. And actually, I, I take that back. He is not on the, he is not on this team either. I don't know who I was thinking See, of here. That's how bad. This show sucks. This show does suck. I am I am at a loss of who I was thinking <laughs> we don't of here. Know. We suck. We suck as hockey people. Yeah, we are. Wisconsin needs a professional hockey team besides the semi-pro gamblers. Well, they do have the minor league team of the Milwaukee Admirals. That ain't what I'm talking about, Eric. <laughs> I know you're not, but just let's saying. get Let's get a pro team here. You know, I'm Let's really take surprised. Down those Blackhawks and Red Wings. I'm really surprised that we don't have a team at this point. But at the same time, I am. I'm not sure I could root for him. I am. What? I am that loyal to my Capitals for now. Oh my God! Get out of here! How can you live in Wisconsin and not be a Minnesota Wild fan, a Chicago Blackhawks fan, a Detroit Red Wings fan, or a Columbus Blue Jackets fan? Well, how could of all those cities that surround you, how could you not be any one of those? I'll tell you. Of course, Justin. this is me saying I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan. Exactly. So I'll tell you, Justin. I'll tell you exactly how I'm not a fan of any of these teams that you just rattled off. So first of all, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just, I can't, you know, I couldn't even tell you a person who's ever played for them. Just, they're so far off the radar, whatever. Didn't they win? The, uh, the St. Louis Blues like... did a couple years back. Two years yeah, ago, but... I believe, the Blues did, or three years ago. Hmm. Okay. And the Blues, don't get me wrong, the Blues would be another team that you could probably put in that Midwest, like, Root yeah, when Wayne category. Gretzky and Brett Hall played for him. 
Sure. And my guy, TJ Oshie, who's now on the Capitals, big Oshie Who fan. Who the hell that is? He's Captain America when it comes to soccer Yoshi? or to, to hockey. TJ Oshie. Yoshi? Oshie. Like Yoshi off of Mario Kart? Minus the Y. <laughs> oh. But sure. So I can respect the Blues. So, But I'm going to still give them the, the boot here. The Red Wings, I did like the Red Wings growing up. Uh, was a big Brent Hull fan. He was the first hockey player's name I ever knew besides Gretzky. Um, I did play as them a lot on my early childhood video games when, my, when I had an NHL game. But just wasn't, just never really stuck with me, especially because they got really bad for a while. And, you know, my formative years as being a fan. So, you know, that's, that couldn't, you know, just couldn't keep up with them. The Minnesota Wild have always sucked. So, not a big Wild fan. They were already, they were no longer the Stars, which have, when they moved to Dallas, they were gone before I was born. So, not a big Minnesota fan when it comes to hockey. Then, as for Chicago, Chicago would probably make the most sense, you know, especially with how good they were in the early 2000s. It would stand to reason that I should root for them. Uh, they were, you know, my mom. Back in the days of old, she had worked at uh, the former BMO Harris Bank that was in Gillette. And BMO, big sponsor of the Blackhawks. So in that aspect, like I said, everything kind of lined up. However, however, Justin, I could not get on board with picking, just being a bandwagon fan like that. That's not how I roll. So my so former... exactly what are you with the Capitals then? So the Capitals... I have been a fan of Alex Ovechkin since he came up. I I don't know why I stuck you know on him as a I, I really just, I think it was because I didn't like Sidney Crosby, and uh, I don't really have a great reason for not liking him. I just for whatever reason I didn't like him, and him and Crosby came up at the same time, so it was always Ovi. I loved watching Ovi. He scored all the time. That's all he does is score. Probably gonna get the scoring record at some point. So been a big Ovechkin fan and. In turn, I've been a, a Capitals fan since my early days of watching hockey. You know what really made me happy is back in the day when Dominic Hasek and Patrick Waugh in the Stanley Cup Finals came from goalie position to goalie position, met at center ice, and they fought in the middle, <laughs> middle of the whole ice rink. That is when I thought, yeah, I'm going to be an abs fan. <laughs> All right, Justin. So that's that, exactly what did it for me. That is what I'm rooting for in the upcoming week. I guess I'm going to officially. I guess I'm going to make my my poll here for the the Lightning for Coach Cooper. What are you rooting for in the upcoming week? I've got a real question for you, Eric. Before I give you my root for, I've got a real question, and this one's the sting. You and Ramsey. This one's a just to throw a little bit of a dagger at you and Ramsey. All right? Are you ready for this? I, I suppose I am. It's time, Eric. It's time to start asking ourselves, who the better player all time, if he, if he goes on and he wins the championship here this year, four out of the last eight years, all right, is, is, is Steph Curry... A better all-time player? No. Than LeBron James? No. 
Oh, hell yeah, he is, Eric. No. Oh, hell yeah, he is. No. You got to You got the It's time for that argument, my friend. Yes, it is. No. You got to think about it. We got to sit down and break that down. We'll do that at a later date, but we'll see how this plays out first. That, that's going to we'll be a conversation. real deal. But that, the this answer is no. real deal. The answer no, is no. It is. I'm, my vote's for Steph Curry <laughs> all the way. LeBron can't do it, my friend. The answer is no. Steph Curry's still doing it at a high level. The answer is no. He's the man. He's a no. champion. No. <laughs> He's the man. No. <laughs> I'm just telling you. He's got more. Cha- he, he's going to have more championships than LeBron. Doesn't matter. No. He is. No. He's dominated the last decade, Eric. It doesn't matter. The dominated. No. Four championships no, in a no, decade. No, no, no. Less than a decade. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Just saying. No. This is what it is, my friend. No. I can't wait for Ramsey to hear that. No. <laughs> All right. So, what am I rooting for? What am I rooting for this week? There's no NASCAR. I believe they have the week off. For Father's Day, I believe that is correct. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. I guess I'm rooting for all the fathers. Good for the fathers. My little baby girl, my little baby girl turns one year old on uh, on Saturday. I'm rooting Woo. for that. Uh, we're doing a little uh, family get-together, family reunion for my wife's side on uh, Saturday. Uh, so we'll be doing that and celebrating JJ's birthday. Hard to believe, Eric, this time last year we were talking about uh, me being on, on Baby Watch uh, and successfully Ramsey did not get any naming rights to the baby. That was a crock crap, too. <laughs> Just telling you. I'd have gave it to him. That was no way. That's a bad idea. <laughs> and it, it I'm not saying it was a good idea, but I still would have gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So celebrating that, uh, your Brewers are playing where, Eric? They are in New York to play the Mets right now. Uh, they are losing for nothing. So unless they got a amazing ninth inning comeback, I think this one's done. Yeah, and then they will be in Cincinnati over the weekend. So another, you know, like we talked last weekend, Justin, they did have an off day yesterday, but another three day road or three day three city or three city road trip here. Um, in the month of Cincinnati might be the right team to play. You would think so, but the nationals should have been too. The nationals are 23 and 40. Wow. Maybe it's time to fire Greg council. The day after he set the, or the game after he set the all time franchise wins record. He's, he's done. He's overrated. Oof. can't win the big one. Oh man. You're just all sorts of bad takes here this last five minutes, but (laughs) he can't win the big one, buddy. It's not that he can't. I it, he hasn't. I think there's a difference. He's like LeBron. He can't do it himself. No, no, oh, no, boy. no. Let's let's walk this one back. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I th- I believe the USFL playoffs start this weekend, Eric. There you go. So with that, before we wrap up, gotta say a special happy Father's Day to to you, Justin. To Thank you. Mile Man, good old David Fisher, Dave Bob, as we call him, at uh, his chagrin. Dave Bob. <laughs> Papa Fish. Happy Father's Day, Dave Bob. Shout out to Shauna's dad, Tom Halbach. 
Yeah, happy Father's Day, Tom. Dad. Tom. Big time, yeah, see? Go, go Tom. <laughs> Shout out to your father, Justin. Yeah, Gunner. Oh, I like that happy name. Happy Father's Day, Gunner. That's his nickname. He goes, his real name's Ronnie. Oh, even cooler. So He goes by Gunner. And all the fathers out there, I hope you have a happy Father's Day. Get some grilling done. Drink some beer. Yay, Dad. Let the kids mow the lawn. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yay, Dads. That's episode 78. We're in the books. We're out. See ya. Bye. Go give me another beer. Salute.